this is Carrie Peters and Stacey Morgenstern and welcome to better than ever a health coach Institute podcast where we're here to question how we do life because the normal rules no longer apply hey there it's Carrie Peters and I'm here with Stacey Morgenstern Stacey what's up what's up how you doing <laughs> Working it, girlfriend. You know it's sunny here in California today, and I am thrilled to be talking about better than ever business so you can have it all and live a life you love. What do you think about that? I think it's awesome. I think there's such a such a worry, at least when I was starting out, um, there's just a worry of, my gosh, if I, if I have my own business, isn't it going to take over my entire life? Well, <laughs> It's like, it's crazy because it, aren't there so many things already taking over our lives? How many of us are drowning in to-dos? So if you imagine building a business, how the heck are you going to get it all done? Right. Right. And it felt like so much responsibility and I'm going to have to know everything and uh, it's all going to fall on me. Uh. It felt like a 10 ton weight, really. And I, 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 did, I wasn't sure I could handle it. I didn't think I could handle the responsibility. And what I learned over the years is that, yeah, there, there's a responsibility, but in terms of, of your business and your, your lifestyle and having it all, um, there's two things. One, you have to define what all means to you because that's different for everybody. What having it all for me is different than what having it all means for you. Then the other thing is that you, you once you define it, you can do it all. You just can't do it all alone. Mm, that feels like a rider downer. <laughs> rider downer. Well, it's it's kind of I think the you can do it all and you can have it all. You just can't do it all by yourself if you want to have it all. It, it it that I think that's a really important concept. Well, I think it's particularly important because I expect that of myself still sometimes to this day I do, but especially at the beginning where it's like, well, I should be able to do it all. There's a way in which we just automatically expect that we should be able to. That's superhero syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) SHS. Superhero syndrome. I should do it all. Well, and I find this often with martyr moms. I'm a recovering martyr mom myself. (laughs) This notion that we can't ask for help. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how to get. You know, when I started my business, I did not have a child. It was, um, gosh, eleven years ago, Um, and my my child is only uh, a year and a half old. So. I didn't have that responsibility at the time, but my gosh, Stacy, I mean, whether you have a business or not, if you have kids, holy, talk about can't do it alone, cannot do it alone, <laughs> period, end of story, can't, can't. Yeah, so what do you say we talk about a little of our first hire and our first decision that it was time to expand into team. And one of the things I wanted to highlight, this is something that Carrie and I teach in our uh, Become a Health Coach program and in our HMBA, Holistic MBA grad program, is this 
idea of having support that like Carrie just said, you can do it all, but you can't do it all alone. And there's so many different ways of getting support. For example, when you first are wanting to change careers or up-level your skill set, you might need educational support, hiring coaches or investing in a program to get the skill set and confidence and accountability that you need to follow through and create the kind of life that you want to create. And this notion that we're supposed to know how to do all of that by ourselves is crazy. I think everyone should have a coach, which is I, I love. I love that uh, we get to have a school that um, trains the best coaches in the world. Because I think eventually, the same way everyone will have a physician or a medical provider, is like everyone should be having a coach that helps you design your best life. And that support might come in the form of education. It might come in the form of logistics of your homemaking, like a cleaner or a nanny or something like that, some administrative help. And then it might come in the form of help for your business where you have team actually somebody that will help you with your website or somebody that will help you write content. Or even in my health coaching practice, I had several health coaches who were working with me because I had a large practice and I had a lot of people wanting to get coaching with me, but I couldn't serve them all by myself. And so eventually I brought on team, I brought on other coaches to work with me in my practice so that we could serve way more people. And so there's all of these ways that you get to be in your zone of genius when you decide or come to a, you know, come to a point where you go, you know what? Support would be great. And now Carrie, I'm sure you have things to say about that. And I want to highlight one question that, that you might be able to um, illuminate how to think about this, but if I was putting myself in the audience right now, I might be going, yeah, it would be so awesome to have a house cleaner and have someone pick up my kids from school and uh, somebody to update my website and sure, write content for me, but how the heck would I pay for all of that? I'm just starting my business. Right, right. And we're already drowning in bills. Like how, oh great, yeah, that would be, the, all those things would be awesome and must be nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good for you. So happy for you and your nanny. Uh, <laughs> you know, what I learned early on, well, again, Stacey, you said your first, your first hire is often your education. So you're investing in learning and developing a skill set that hopefully is giving you, a, in the case of coaching in any case, teaching you how to coach, um, teaching you some topic expertise. For example, if you're a health coach, you need to know about health and wellness and nutrition. And then also should be teaching you about how to build a business so that your investment in your education can hopefully start you off into a place where you're making money. So you're making that investment back and you're making more. 
when it comes to coaching, uh, the next hire, once you've gotten your education, you may continue on in your education and training. That was something I think, you know, when I first started coaching 11 years ago, for two years, I refused to hire any coaches or mentors to teach me about the business of coaching or how to coach. And I really, really floundered. I mean, I did okay. I got clients and um, I worked in this hoity-toity chiropractor's office. And, you know, I, I didn't do badly, but I really didn't know what I was doing. And when I finally got serious, um, it was in 2008, about learning the business of coaching and really, really learning how to coach, I finally was like, okay, I need that. My, my next hire is more education in those areas. You know, I, I don't know why, Stacy, but oftentimes um, schools that are teaching coaches to coach don't teach coaching <laughs> or don't teach enough business building or don't have enough accountability or practice or there's, there are ways in which coaches ended up, end up going out into the world just unprepared. Um, and I, I was unprepared and I, I wasn't really willing to admit it because it scared me to invest more in training. And it scared me, it's like, well, I've already invested a couple of thousand dollars, I'm gonna invest more. Um, And the answer was, yeah, (laughs) because what I didn't realize was the investment was gonna help me make more money. Mm. And so that, my, my first sort of two investments were my initial training, and then two years later when I was like, okay, I'm not doing something right. Because I could see other coaches who are making a really great living, you included. And I'd look around and go, well, what? They know something that I don't know. So I need to learn what they know. (laughs) And then once I did that and I started to do better and better and better in my business, and I really went strongly on building an online presence and uh, offering products and services online, my next hire Um, after I invested in more training was a virtual assistant and I hired that virtual assistant for five hours a month and she was $35 an hour which I almost threw up just thinking about that Um, but the reason I ended up hiring her is because I was trying to create an ebook that I feature you in in fact Ms. Morgan Stern Um, remember yeah, and I there were some technical elements that at the time, you know, eight years ago, it was just harder than it is now to create web pages and connect shopping carts and this, that, and the other thing. So I needed, I knew I needed some help with that. And I knew it wasn't going to take a long time, but that if I didn't have a virtual assistant, I was actually costing myself money because I couldn't get this ebook out. Mm-hmm. And now this ebook was something at the time I sold for um, $47 and then I offered an upsell. It was a book of interviews. And then I offered an upsell that included the audio of the interviews for $97. And, and so this was not a huge price point, but when I finally got this ebook out to sell, it made about $30,000, which was incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah. And, and, and I was terrified to pay $5 a month to an assistant in order to make that money back. I just, I hadn't yet learned. I didn't, I I had to develop trust in myself to be able to follow through and sell products and services online and offer coaching to people and make money from coaching. Like I, 
once I, once I built that confidence in myself and that ebook was a big part of that, I didn't hesitate anymore when it came to hiring people to support me in my business, whether it was a graphic design. And by hiring, we're talking about could be five hours a month, could be for one little project. It's not like a full-time hire. That's what's really wonderful about the workforce today is there's so many freelancers and you don't have to have a full-time employee when you're starting out. You don't need one. I'd actually love to share, Carrie, because I have had some great success for just little projects like creating my ebook or uh, making certain changes to my website that were more sophisticated than what I was able to do on my own or even doing customer service kind of things. I've had some great luck on elance.com, on Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, which is an amazing site. Basically, people will do anything for $5. Fiverr. Fiverr. It's so brilliant. I mean, it's amazing. They, they've helped me make a postcard, something that we call the clutch coupon in our, in our program about how you get referrals. And it's like this little cool graphical postcard. And so there's lots of sites like this where you can find freelancers. Craigslist is also great. And I also remember finding um, a great assistant that you and I had once um, that we found on Facebook's Branch Out. I haven't used that in a couple of years, so I don't know how up to date it exists. I wonder if it does, but it was called Branch Out. And then, of course, there's like LinkedIn. There's there's so many ways to hire freelancers, and they're all over the world. And you can find people for you know as little as ten dollars an hour uh, to fifty dollars an hour, depending on the skill set. Now, one of the questions I would have is, I don't even know what to delegate. So. What comes to mind as a starting place, and this is something that Carrie and I are still regularly doing for ourselves, is to track every 30 minutes, what is it that you're doing? So that you have a task tally of where your time and your precious attention is going, and is it your genius? So if you don't feel more alive by writing content for your website or doing your newsletter or even doing your laundry and folding it, if you don't feel more alive by that, then that's something that's got to be going in question. Because if you're out of your zone of genius and you're just doing stuff out of obligation because it's stuff that needs to get done and it's draining your aliveness, it doesn't bode well for success. It's not one of the success ingredients is to be operating from that place. And there are people whose genius it is to do those things. What comes easily and naturally for you and feels most expressive and alive for you may not be the thing that's most enlivening for someone else and vice versa. And this is a great starting point to just start to notice what is it that you're actually spending your time on? You find most people are, don't even know. They don't even have a clue about that, and including myself. <laughs> when I say you, I mean me. Um, <laughs> is that most people don't know what they're spending their time on, but they're ending the day feeling drained and they're wondering why it doesn't even feel like things are moving forward after they've exhausted themselves all day. So there's something about awareness knowing what you're doing. And then there's this piece, Carrie, that I'd just love to address. We've touched upon it, 
but permission. Because it still comes back to, oh, but I don't know if it's really worth it to spend the money and I should just do all of this myself because then I would be making more and it's not, if I was better at X, Y, and Z, I would be able to do it all. So just, I'm, Carrie, did you uh, experience any of that? And how did you uh, finally give yourself permission? You, you mentioned a little bit because you realized that, you know, a small investment yielded a big return later. So it's like, ouchie up front, but yay, later, because you were able to get so much more done. It's leveraged help. It's not just luxury help, it's leveraged help. Correct. You know, one of the places where I really, really struggled with this and could not give myself permission, even though one of my mentors harangued me for years, was like, you have to get a personal assistant. And I, this was back when I lived by myself in a one bedroom apartment in Los Angeles. I had no pets, no plants. (laughs) No, I don't know that I was dating anyone. I didn't have children. I mean, I had nothing like no, to me, it felt like, oh my gosh, I have so little responsibility. What do I need a personal assistant for? And who am I to hire a personal assistant? I mean, it just felt ridiculous. But my coach kept on me about it. And she asked me to do the the task tally that you just referred to, where she said, I want you to find out how many hours a week you spend on personal items, whether it's returns or going to the bank or going to the grocery store or laundry or picking up a prescription or whatever. And uh, I, I did that. And I found out it was about five to six hours a week. And she said, okay, great, five to six hours a week. So how much is your time worth if someone was to hire you to coach them? And that's, that's where she got me because at the time it was worth, you know, almost $1,000 an hour. And so what was I doing? So I was sitting here fighting, paying someone. I don't, I don't remember what I paid my first assistant who was amazing. I loved her and I still love her. Um, I I don't remember, maybe it was $18 or $20 or something in that range or six somewhere in that, that between 15 and $20 an hour. And here I was fighting that tooth and nail when I could have freed myself up to make an additional $5,000. I mean, that was crazy. That's when I realized like, okay, this is not logical. This has to do with me feeling like I can't give myself permission because I, quite frankly, I was worried, what will other people think of me? Who am I? Like, I I just felt so, um, in some ways, it really pointed to me to some old money beliefs that needed cleaning up Um, and some old, like, beliefs around value Mm. um, and beliefs around my worthiness or deservability to be taken care of. So yeah, I finally did hire that assistant and thankfully she was incredible. And now I, I'm to the point where um, I have a personal assistant 20 hours a week um, because I just couldn't manage my house, my daughter, my husband. There's, there's, there's too many moving pieces um, to be effective with all of those things and my business. I, I couldn't do it. Makes so, so much sense. 
Yeah, you know, you 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 ultimately have to look at yeah, there's a financial trade-off for sure. Um, but the way you start to think about how you pay for help is to think about what you're doing in the hours that are freed up. And it doesn't mean you can't relax in the hours that are freed up. It's not like, oh, I gotta work, 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 work. Um, taking time off sometimes is, is just as productive as working because it sharpens you for the next time you know you go into to work. Um, but the, that's the real key is understanding, all right, well, how many hours a week is this? Um, so it helps to, to uh, total up the number of hours you're looking at, whether it's cleaning your house or grocery shopping or meal preparation or picking your kids up from school or something that ideally you don't love, <laughs> but that's taking a lot of time. The things that you really love to do, you want to keep those. Um, but you want to find the things that you don't love and see if you can't delegate them. And again, at the beginning of your business, you'll be doing this in very small chunks. And your main focus in your, of your investments is education, mentoring, and coaching, because that is what takes you forward into making a consistent income. At, at uh, HCI, we call it the, the turning point, where when a coach, from the, from the time a coach starts their training, to the time when there's a turning point where they are making the amount of money they wanna make consistently every single month. It's when clients are coming to you instead of you having to hunt down clients. And the turning point also has to do with your confidence as a coach. It's where you start feeling really confident that you can handle anything that anybody throws at you. But that turning point doesn't happen right at the beginning of your training. It, it, it happens over time. So your, your, your initial training and any subsequent training is likely helping you to get to that turning point. Once you get to the turning point, then you really have to start looking at, okay, I'm going to have to start investing in more help either in my business or in my personal life or potentially both. I really love this conversation because I, I know I, I've... Gosh, I don't know where it first started, but I've become aware through having my own coaches and my husband, this reflection of where I um, act out of martyrdom, doing things that I don't want to be doing and then feeling resentful about it. And team building your dream team is an amazing way to break that pattern. And like Carrie said, team can come all different ways or support, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's like you might actually have an acupuncturist or a massage therapist or a coach of your own or, or uh, you know, like, like we said before, even somebody to come over and do your laundry, posting on Craigslist to find somebody to do your laundry. Like there's just so many ways that you can get back time in your day and realizing what your time is worth. So what is the lost potential? And that's a really great way, Carrie, of thinking about how the money that's going out. Because 
most likely if you're hiring somebody for $15 an hour, and if you're a coach, especially if you trained with us, your time is worth much more than that per hour. And we'll show you how to set your fees and how to talk about it and how to feel confident raising your fees and really charging what you're worth and getting it. Um, so let's take a deep breath and imagine yourself feeling supported in every area of your life. Getting out of overwhelm. Imagine having a team who gets what you need and is able to fill the gaps so that you're able to focus on the transformational work that you want to be doing that is in your zone of genius, whether that's having research done or creating a webinar or your website design or planning your family reunion or a vacation. All of these things you can have support around and it doesn't have to cost you an arm and a leg. And this really frees up so much creative potential and financial opportunity. So I highlighted an exercise before the task tally, knowing what you're actually spending your time on. And when I did this for myself just recently, Carrie, I was shocked by what I was spending my time on and realizing like, why don't I feel like I have any time? It's because I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff I'm not supposed to be doing. <laughs> and this is for every day of the week, Monday through Sunday. And then you can evaluate which of those things on your daily tasks through the week can be done equally as well or even better by other people. I love that. And one thing I would say, there, there's a real gift in hiring team. And it's twofold. One, you're giving somebody a job, which is incredible to be able to provide that. But the second thing that is a gift about hiring team is that it requires you to be clear about, um, to articulate what it is that you want, how you want something done, and to ask for that clear, like just clearly and directly, and then expect it to happen. Mm. And I, I don't know about you, but that is like the hardest part of the whole thing for me, because of course, if you are a former people pleaser, and I am a recovering people pleaser, then <laughs> asking somebody to do for me is like, I don't even, that's the opposite of what my sort of default programming is. My default programming is, well, I don't want to bother you. I'm just gonna, I'll take care of everything. I don't want to bother you. <laughs> but it's like, but you're paying this person. I definitely, I, I feel like this is a lesson I learned over and over again in different ways um, where you get the opportunity to be clear, to be the boss, um, and you can do it sort of, you know, nicely, lovingly, but firmly and clearly. And that's not easy for a lot of us. And mm -hmm. so 
to, to get that opportunity is just another way to experience uh, personal growth on a, on a really big level. Yeah, so one tip that I, I know we're coming close to completion here, Carrie, and I had a little tip I just thought of. When you are posting a, a job description, one way to filter for the first tier of people that you do want to work with versus people that might end up being a nightmare for you is to put a, a clear instruction in the description of the post that tells them how to follow up with you. And it's a real clear instruction, such as reply to this email address and put this word in the subject line. And what you're testing for in there is that when you hire a team, you want someone who can follow instructions and who is actually reading your entire email to receive <laughs> instructions. And that is something that can weed out people who are not really paying attention to what you want versus people who are. Because I know that's a question that we've often gotten from our students is, how, like, where do I start and how do I know how to hire a good person um, that's gonna be a good match for me? And there's so much that we could say about that, but um, Terry, have you used that technique before, and has that helped you weed out? Yeah, I have, and you know, the interesting thing, of course, is that I've had people respond not follow the instructions, but I'll notice myself be like, "Oh, well, that's okay." <laughs> no, it's not okay. So, not okay. You get to watch your own patterns at work um, of caving, but yeah, it did. It did help me find uh, my current assistant, who's phenomenal. Um, she responded in exactly the way I asked, and um, she's someone who is just fantastic, incredibly detail-oriented, thinks ahead on just about everything for our family. Um, my husband and I often say, like, I don't really know what we do without her, <laughs> because she thinks ahead on things that we just don't even, don't even come to mind for us, we don't consider. Um, so that was a technique that really helped us find a, a great, great person. It's really an amazing journey. When we first started out, Carrie, I, I never even imagined us growing beyond having one person that would help us with some of the admin and of course the customer not. service. <laughs> I had no idea no that idea. we would be so supported as we are right now. Um, on our main website, you can see some of our team there at healthcoachinstitute.com. And we work with the most amazing people. I am so grateful. And I don't know how we would do what we do or have been able to serve as many people without a team that cares. <laughs> yeah, that cares. And in, in a lot of ways, uh, they do a lot of things better than we do. And this is another mm -hmm. sort of tip as we complete is that especially the things you're like, oh, nobody else could do X like I could. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> they might be able to. <laughs> if you're going to build a business, you got to take a little ego bruising. <laughs> who do what you do better. And and they might be able to do it better than you. Well, and isn't that the goal? Because at the end of the day, it's, it's not about being the, the one who has to be at the top. It's actually moving the mission forward which is to create a better world. So absolutely. 
You can't do that by yourself. And uh, I love this quote, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. That's a great quote. Perfect. So I think that's a wrap for us today. I'm, it's a wrap. I am uh, so grateful for, I just want to say again, a shout out to our amazing team who makes all of this possible. HCI team, we love you. We love you team. Thanks for tuning in to Better Than Ever, a Health Coach Institute podcast. For more information on our programs, please go to www.healthcoachinstitute.com. Comment and share if you like what you hear.